Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Happy Saturday morning, everybody. 24th day of February 2024. So think about this, 224, 2024. Isn't it funny how that stuff works out? Cross the show, live and in a living color, 98.7 ESPN, 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number, our second Saturday extravaganza Back for the NFL offseason, of course. We'll take it right up until noon. Then Anita Marks has a special live remote broadcast all the way out on the island from UBS Arena. Leading you right up into Islanders hockey, of course. So stop by and say hi to Anita. She's going to be at the, the park at UBS. That's right, Harvey, right? She's outside at the, at, at the park setup they have there. That's right. At UBS, so she's not in the arena. She's on that great setup they have there, which actually, believe it or not, once upon a time, and I think I've told this story, that that was supposed to be us. Like, this show was supposed to be out there originally, but the NHL decided to change the puck drop time for the Isles and the Tampa Bay Lightning today, pushed it back a little bit further in the afternoon, so didn't make a hell of a lot of sense for us to be out there and just talking to nobody except the birds. So Anita's going to be out there. Swing by, say hello if you're going to the game today between the Isles and the Bolts. So she will lead you actually right here on 98.7 to Rangers coverage because the Rangers are going to be taking on the Philadelphia Flyers this afternoon. So you'll hear that with the coverage beginning at 2.30 right here on 98.7 ESPN. We got our pals Harvey and Joe. They're producing the program as always. And you can get me on Twitter at Dan Gross at GR. ACA. We have made it to the weekend. Had a fun week hanging out with my buddy Dave on DNR all week. So I hope you had a chance to catch some of that. We had a lot of laughs, a lot of fun. And look, there is a lot happening on this weekend here if you're a New York sports fan. It's one of those rare days. And I understand that February is probably like the month as a sports fan that you probably want to kick to the curb if you can. Like if you have that luxury. This is the month where there's really not a heck of a lot happening. But All stars align today because if you are a fan of a team in this market that is at least currently in season in February, save for Harvey's Red Bulls, you have yourself a game today. You got yourself something to watch. It is the first spring training experience for both the Yankees and the Mets. Yankees taking on the Tigers. Mets taking on the Cardinals. I do believe the Met game, though, is the only one that's on television. You can watch that on SNY. Yankee game is not televised. Their first televised game on Yes is tomorrow. But all three hockey teams are in action today. The Islanders we talked about. The Rangers are in Philly. Devils are hosting the Montreal Canadiens this afternoon at the Prudential Center. And both basketball teams play a little bit later on tonight. You got the Knicks at home against the Celtics. You hear that right here on 98.7 ESPN with the coverage beginning at 8 o'clock with yours truly. And then the Brooklyn Nets are going to be taking on the fighting A-Rods, the Minnesota Timberwolves, on the road a little bit later on. And NYCFC, for all you soccer enthusiasts out there, are going to open their season. They are in Charlotte to take on Charlotte FC. So everybody but the Red Bulls has himself a game at some point here today. So a lot of stuff to wet your whistle, if you will, if you're a New York sports fan. But we're going to begin with some football. Of course, we're going to begin with the sport where nothing is really going on because 
I don't know. I don't remember what time it was. It came down yesterday. Like, the NFL loves to do these Friday news dumps, right? Even when there's not even a game on the weekend. The NFL loves to just kind of trickle some news out there and just get everybody talking about it because it's the NFL and they could get away with doing things like that. But this one is more of an off-the-field type of a transaction that's going to have a big, big impact on how we watch our favorite teams come the fall. And that is the fact that, much to a lot of people's surprise, because this wasn't in the cards, NFL salary cap is going up for the upcoming season. So the cap is now going to be $255 million. And what does that mean? Well, the cap is going up an extra $30 million bucks compared to where it was last year. Now, that's an increase of about 14%. Wasn't supposed to be that. Salary cap for the upcoming season was supposed to be in like the 240 to 245 range. So now we're talking anywhere from 10 to $15 million more for each of these teams to work with. So that's pretty sizable, and it's pretty significant. And you're sitting here saying, well, wait a sec, how does that happen? Right? How do you, what, what was it, an accounting error that they finally got to sometime in the middle of February? No, what happened was, if you rewind a few years ago to the COVID year, There was a lot of stuff happening to make sure that payments were, you know, the payments that were being deferred for certain things. And it had to do with all the benefits that were due the players during the COVID year. Well, now those have been all paid back and the league decided or they figured out, well, you know, we got some more money now with tied up to all our revenues. And we are now just going to pump this thing right back into the salary cap because the cap is also tied to the increase in media revenue. And media revenue, we know, is substantial with the NFL, more so than any other sport that there is. I mean, think about it. We just experienced a postseason where we had an NFL playoff game that was streaming, right? And the NBC and the Peacock folks paid the NFL how many, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars just to be able to air exclusively a postseason game. Next year, you're going to see the same thing. Jeff Bezos already cut the NFL a check. You know, 100, what is it, $120 million, according to the reports? So prime video is going to be the exclusive carrier of a playoff game. And forget about just the streaming platforms, but, you know, CBS and ESPN and Fox and and the ridiculous, ridiculous dollar figures that they have to pay to be in business with the NFL because they know that it is a cash cow and that they also are going to be able to reap the rewards or else they wouldn't be doing it. But if you think about the growth of the league, and, and, and media has a big, big role in this story, maybe as big of a role as any, as a matter of fact, Like, if you want to rewind only just 10 years ago, like I said, the cap is going to be $255 million for the upcoming season. 10 years ago, the cap was $123 million for each team. That's more than double in a decade. So what does that mean? How is it going to factor into your favorite team, i.e. the Giants, the Jets, or whoever it might be? Well, if you decide to franchise a player, And we know that both the Giants and the Jets have a couple of candidates that may or may not have been looked at as wise investments, slapping them with the franchise tag. Franchise tags now are going to eat up a lot less of the salary cap, right? Because you have more flexibility. Every year you hear about guys that are cap casualties, players that maybe are carrying a little bit too hefty of a price tag that, you know, in order to get a little bit more breathing room, the teams are going to have to cut them, especially ones that they approach to restructure things and they aren't exactly willing to play ball. And so they said, all right, we're going to have to let you go because we need the salary cap space to be able to have an offseason when we have our draft, to be able to sign our rookies and, you know, whatever, extending players, you name it. So now maybe some players that were on the fringe of getting cut, you're going to be able to still keep on your roster. 
And I mentioned those franchise tag candidates. You know, a lot has been made about Bryce Huff, for example, with the Jets. The guy who is a tremendous, tremendous pass rusher. But he only played about 42% of the snaps for the Jets. He's not an every down player. So in, under the old cap number, you would have said, no, I don't, there's no way that feasibly you could have looked at slapping Bryce Huff, with a fran- Bryce Huff with a franchise tag for, I think it's a little over $21 million, for a guy who is really a situational pass rusher. That wouldn't have been smart business. But now does that change the equation a little bit because now you have this extra room? What about somebody like a Xavier McKinney for the New York football Giants? His tag number would have been $17 million. There was some talk that the Giants would apply the, uh, the transition tag on him, which wouldn't exactly be as high as $17 million, but it also gives the Giants the opportunity to match whatever type of a transaction or deal that he signs maybe with another team. So it really, really changes the landscape here. And look, this is probably only just the beginning. I mean, this number is just going to continue to grow and grow, not for the upcoming season, but I mean in the years to come, because the NFL, no matter how the landscape is changing with business, with media, no matter what it is, the NFL seems to be immune from all the circumstances that are surrounding it. And that's great for you if you're a football fan. And let's be honest, who isn't a football fan? I think that we all are. So this is a game changer. And the reason I wanted to open with it, because, look, I named a couple of players there with the Jets and the Giants that could be affected. But then you also have the situation involving somebody like a Saquon Barkley, who, you know, let's rewind 12 months ago. If the Giants had a cap number that they were dealing with, you know, $255 million compared to what it was a season ago, you know, it was a contract offer that the Giants put in front of Barkley or maybe one that he would have accepted is that something that would have gotten a deal done when I say a deal I'm talking about a multi-year deal to where you're not just talking about a one-year proposition perhaps right regardless of how you feel about paying a running back and investing in that position things might have changed ever so slightly to where we wouldn't have to be sitting here this offseason and having the same conversation about whether or not the giant running back is going to be back next year So do the Giants look to maybe do the same thing? You know, whatever type of a contract offer they were mulling last year, is that one that maybe goes back on the table this time around? I don't know. Because I still think, philosophically, the way the position itself is viewed really has not changed in all the 12 months. The only thing that's changed here is that we're talking about different accounting figures. And you're also talking about a player. Look, even though he had himself a good season last year, I would say not great. Good, not great, but he's also somebody who's a year older. And I'm not trying to sit here and paint a picture of Saquon Barkley like hitting the wall anytime soon. And he's somebody that the Giants have run into the ground. But I think even before this past season, I think that Saquon's time with this football team probably had some sort of an expiration date. Look, every, every player does. I don't care who you are, even if you're a quarterback. I know that the pressing concern for the Giants this offseason is, you know, what do you do at quarterback, especially because of the uncertainty involving Daniel Jones. You have yourself a really, really premium draft choice sitting there number six overall, and is that one that you invest in a quarterback, given that you don't have a long-term solution at the position? At least we don't think so. But really now this opens up a whole new set of options, I feel, for somebody like Joe Shane. Maybe you look to get a two-year deal done with Saquon. And it's going to be at a number that's going to be a little bit more affordable. 
Because then you could sit there and look at that draft choice. And even apart from that, I mean, the Giants are in a situation right now. When you look at what they have draft-wise, they're really, really in a good spot. Giants have three of the top 50 picks in this draft, four in the top 100. If you're asking me about those three top 50 picks, I would not be opposed at all to just stand pat. Like, we were talking about this, I think it was yesterday, Dave and myself, in the morning. I mean, if you have three top 50 picks, those are three, those have to be three starters. Day one starters. Right? Those are guys that have to be immediate, impactful players for your football team. So, yeah, we know that the Giants have a lot of needs. You would like to really bring in a game-breaking number one wide receiver. Okay, you could find that with one of those picks. At least I feel. You probably have to bring in another cornerback in that secondary. Okay, that is somebody that you should find, a day one starter with one of those draft choices. On the offensive line, you know that there's some holes that you have to fill. You should be able to find one of those guys. And then whatever flexibility you have, let's say, with your salary cap and guys that you want to retain or even when you play the free agent, they're not going to go out there and spend big money on a running back in free agency. Right? Those days are done. But you do have a guy on your team right now that you know what you have in him. You know that he's a seamless fit. You know how popular a player he is, locker room leader, all those things. So I would not be opposed to making sure that he's back on your team because let's be real, you're not going to go out there and fill every hole that you have offensively in one offseason, but this guy is still one of your playmakers. And he acts as almost a little bit of a security blanket too, given you don't know what's happening at quarterback. And even if Daniel Jones is ready to rock and roll week one, are you really 1,000% secure that he is indeed your answer? So don't you want to have a little bit of a safety net at least in a guy that you can count on when you give him the football? 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Interesting conversation for sure. And we also have to get into the quarterback position for the Giants in particular and how that they should satisfy that vacancy when you know it's going to roll around here pretty soon. Jets also have some quarterback questions, but not the starting quarterback. As in, who's going to be the backup? God forbid something should happen to Aaron Rodgers again in the 2024 season. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. You're a sports fan. You got something to watch today. You got something to listen to. You got something to entertain you in some way, shape, or form. So it's a good time of year. It is a heck of a lot of fun. Let's get to the phone calls. I know a lot of people want to chime in here. A lot of folks want to get in on the conversation because, look, 
There's a lot going on. And we're going to start off with our good buddy Jose in Brooklyn. He's our leadoff hitter here on 9870 ESPN. Jose, good morning. How the heck are you? Good morning, Mr. Graga. Shout out to the company. And I just wanted to, you know, go in and talk about the Jets this morning. And uh, But I do like the fact that, you know, you allow you, you give us time and, you know, talk about other things than sports and everything. But, you know, um, just pretty much doing splen- – I'm having a splendid morning. I just pretty much finished watching um, the WWE Elimination Chamber. And, you know, P- your, 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 your guy Peter Rosenberg does a fantastic job with, for the WWE. Now, where, where was that? Was that that was a uh, international event or whatever? Oh yes, it was. It was in Australia. I think Australia. If I'm not mistaken. Australia, okay. Um, yeah, Rhea Ripley's um, home, um, pretty much home country. Gotcha. And, yeah, she got the. Um, she pretty much had a fantastic match, and she she's pretty much a, a superstar. That's pretty much on a rising level but um, so if i'm not mistaken that's i'm trying to think from from australian open tennis stuff that's a that's a 16 hour time difference from new york there's 16 hours ahead of uh, us right (laughs) oh oh, yeah like the event started at like five in the morning so for people who live at la they they pretty much had to you know watch the event at two in the morning so yeah it was definitely a uh you know a a time thing but it it is but you know in order to stay ahead because since it is a live event you you gotta watch it hey jose uh, like i said with the tennis uh, the 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 finals and the big matches they start at 3 30 in the morning like uh you know here in east coast time so i'm well used to that stuff Oh, of course, and and, and we're, we're we're fans of Djokovic and you know Nadal and all of that, so we definitely do watch tennis. <laughs> um, so the thing is, is you know, with the Jets, you know, my concern with the Jets, and even though I'm not a paid analyst, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn, and you know, the thing is, is that um, we go in, and you know, I, I I know that Aaron Rodgers gave money back, and you know, he gave the cap money back to help and everything. But when everything, when that money was used to, you know, pretty much sign the Rodgers and friends of the Billy Turners and uh, Miko Harmons and, you know, the Alan Lazards and et cetera, et cetera, it's kind of like pretty much taking that money and pretty much, you know, being like the Joker and just lighting it on fire. Because that's, you know, that was the pretty much the end result of what they did with those players, you know, this year. So, how I, I I want you know since you know you're you're a guy that's on, on the inside like Bart and and a few others, I want to know like how can you prevent me from going off the ledge if I keep hearing you know Bakhtiari's name as a you know possible replacement for left tackle when he's only played three games in the last thirteen in the last in the last three years and it's just like I, I'm I, I'm like wait no thirteen games if I'm not mistaken so if like, I'm like I don't want I, like this is just gonna be um I don't want this to be a mess like I I, I want the I, I and I don't want it to be like that article where it says Aaron Rodgers is the GM because if that's the case then I I, I really I really don't know what we're gonna do because play, players should not be running the whole staff and personnel no. I, it, it should be insight but not you know running the whole thing so. Please try to, you know, talk some sense into me, Dan. Have a great one. Jose, good stuff. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's it. Look, I think we talked about it earlier in the week. And, and first off, remember, David Bakhtiari, he's still a Green Bay Packer. You know, he hasn't been cut yet. And I would now look at it a little bit differently 
because what do we begin the show talking about? Now that you have more flexibility with the salary cap, I mean, is it a thousand percent certain that that the Packers are going to cut Bakhtiari and and say goodbye to him to shed some salary and to maybe get a little bit more of a younger alternative? I mean, look, Green Bay had themselves a really, really good season last year, went to the second round of the playoffs, came this close to even making it to the championship game, and they did that without Bakhtiari. So maybe they feel, you know, let's move on to to some younger options there. And as Jose said, like, you know, Bakhtiari's a really, really good player when healthy, but he's 32 years of age. He's played 13 games only in the last three years. Yes, he's extremely close to Aaron Rodgers, but he, technically that hasn't happened yet. You know, he, he's still a Packer. Me personally, that's not an avenue that I would go, right, for, for well-documented reasons. Things did not work out last year the way anybody intended them to, starting with Rodgers going down four plays into the season. And then it was like that domino effect. So why would you then want to bring in a player who obviously has not been the epitome of durability? Because I would look for guys that are at least a little bit more certain, guys that you can rely on, guys that you expect to be out there game in and game out. And somebody also who isn't, you know, I'm not going to say that you're a senior citizen at 32, but in football years, and especially playing a physically demanding position like the offensive line where you've been at this thing now for a decade and you've had several knee surgeries or, or whatever it is, I would probably look to see if I could get a fresher alternative, i.e. the draft, and of course, whether it's either the trade market or free agency. If you're asking me, I would say no. That's not an avenue I want to entertain, but we do know that there's somebody with a tremendous amount of influence that has a tremendous amount of influence, I think, in that building because he plays the most important position. 800-919-3776, that's the telephone number. My good pal, Marvin in the Bronx. Marvin, it has been a minute. How the heck are you, my friend? Well, you know, I had a thing with my grandkids, and then my wife and I went away, but uh, we celebrated our wedding anniversary. But I'm going to say something, G-Man. Uh, I'm going to call it out on the table now. The day is February 24th. I'm yes. telling you, the Yankee number 28th is this year. And before I go off to the Yankees, I was looking at my calendar. Tomorrow's the 25th will be the 60th anniversary of Muhammad Ali shocking the world and beating Sonny Liston. I just came to mind. I said, wow, you know, it's been 60 years. I'm dating myself. But getting back to the Yankees, getting back to the Yankees, I just feel that they're going to win it this year, all right? Uh, Soto, and but the key, I think, is Rodon. And, and Izzo. If Izzo has his normal season with those two guys in front of him and Rodon pitching the way he should pitch and with Marcus, oh, uh, look out. Mar- Mar- Marv, I want you to do something. Har- Harvey, we need, to, we need to lock this in. So, Marv, here's what I want you to do. I yeah. want you to say on February the 24th, I am going on the record that the Yankees are winning it all this year and Harvey's going to lock it in. So, go ahead. Absolutely. I am going on um, February 24th of 2024. My Marvin Keith Middleton, that's my whole name, all right? I say to the audience that's listening that the New York Yankees will hoist the, the World Series flag and have that trophy and drink the champagne in October. Wow, that set, locked in. Is that set well enough? It's, it's already in dried cement. How about that, Marv? That's right. Hey, I'm calling it out. And then you could tell me in October – well, Marv, you are not right. Hey, I'm put, I'm putting it on the line. Well, you know what, Marv? Because cause I'm with, can I say this, G-Man? Because yeah. I'm tired of my wife, the notorious Met fan, ribbing me for the last 15 years. 
You know what, Marv? It hasn't been fun if you're a baseball fan in this town for, I don't know, 10 years, 15 years, you name it. And I thank you for the phone call. It's good to hear from you, as always. Yankee fans, you've been waiting since 2009. Met fans, you've been waiting since Reagan was in office. Think about that. 19, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's a long time. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Big one tonight for the Knicks. Like, this is one of those games that, oh, look, I understand it's only one of 82, but this is one of them that you really do get excited about. Not just because it's a Saturday night, it's the Celtics, it's national TV, but look, I think that the greater goal is still in mind for this team. And I know you're missing Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson and OG Ananobi, and you're full from where you ideally see yourself come playoff time, at least you hope, knock on wood. You know, I don't think the comments from Julius Randle earlier this week would necessarily make you feel all that great if you're a Knicks fan when, you know, he said that you can't 100% rule out the possibility of having season-ending surgery, which we told you, remember, right after he got hurt and there was radio silence from the Knicks for a few days regarding the status of his injury and how significant it was because I told you they were discussing the possibility of surgery and was there going to be a way for him to play through this without having to go under the knife because if he did go under the knife that meant the year's going to be over in all reality so you hope that he plays and as he said the only saving grace about the Randall injury is that it was to his non-shooting shoulder I know basketball, you use both hands, I get it. But, you know, more often than not, he's going to be using the left hand, the left arm. And we were even talking about this the other day. Like, you can see the, how this whole thing could potentially unfold come playoff time, right? Let's say Randall plays. And obviously, he's going to have to gut it out. He's not going to be anywhere near 100%. But if he should struggle, I mean, are we going to have to sit here and endure again in the summertime more of the constant, you know, Randall's not clutch, Randall can't get it done in the big spot during playoff time? Like, like you could see it playing out again that way, just like it has after, or just like it did after last year and after that postseason a couple of years back when they lost the Atlanta Hawks. Like, it's always going to be something. But give the guy a break. And the thing that keeps bothering me that I keep coming back to with that injury, it's like, I, I know you can't predict these things, but that game when he got hurt against Miami, like the game was over already, right? It was late in the fourth quarter. The game was over. Like I'm not sitting here saying why was he in the game, but like to the basketball gods, like why did something like that have to happen? It's not like it impacted the game in any way, but of course, 
Hustle plays, got to go up, comes down hard, boom. And you knew it wasn't good. You knew that it wasn't good. But nevertheless, this team now, this team tonight against the Celtics. Look, things were a little eerie going into the All-Star break with this team. They look like a shell of the club that had won nine straight games. So that's why I thought that Philadelphia win on Thursday was huge. Just for peace of mind's sake, if you're a fan, right? Had a big lead against the Sixers, beating up a team that, you know, you should beat up if they're without the MVP of the league. Got a little bit close for comfort there in the second half, but you know what? They still hung on. They won the basketball game. Now you come back home. All right, and now things get a little tricky because the schedule does not exactly play into your favor here because you do have a diminished roster. You're searching for as many contributions as possible from guys. Maybe some guys are being asked to go above and beyond what ideally you would like them to do. But you're playing four games now over the next six days. And even though they're at home and you don't have to travel, that's still tough for a depleted roster. And the toughest one, of course, is going to be tonight against Boston because they might be the best team in the NBA. That is the team that not only everybody in the Eastern Conference is gunning for, maybe every team in the NBA is going to try to take down once we get to the spring. Boston tonight, Detroit on Monday, New Orleans on Tuesday on a back-to-back, and then he got Steph and he got Golden State coming in on Thursday. By the way, how about um, Steve Kurtz signing that contract extension? That came down last night. Like, I was on the internet, and I saw breaking, like a graphic, and then I saw Steve Kerr's picture. I thought that it was going to be some news that Steve Kerr is going to step down at the end of the season. Or Steve Kerr, this is going to be it for him for the Golden State Warriors. That's what I thought it was, and then I read the thing, and it said two years, I think 35 million. That's insane. Is it $35 million, two years, coach basketball? But basically all it tells you is that Kerr's contract now lines up with the duration of Steph Curry's contract with the Warriors. So you could easily see both of them kind of riding off into the sunset at the same time because realistically, Golden State is not a championship team anymore. Right, I mean, they've had their time, they've had their moment. I mean, you're going to start to see some of those guys probably f- fraction off onto some other place in the NBA. I mean, probably Clay Thompson is going to be the first one because he's not the same player anymore. So, you know, good for Steve. Certainly it's well-deserved, you know, with all the winning that he's done there over the last decade. But, uh, you know, their time is done as far as being a champion. But back to the Knicks. I'll ask you the question this way. Given the fact... They're not whole. And in essence, you're missing three starters, one of them an all-star. And we don't know if and when these guys are going to be back, and should they return, how good are they going to be? If that's the case, do we have to adjust our expectations for this team, right? Because before everybody started to get hurt, we thought that I think getting to the conference finals was something very, very realistic for this basketball team. The way the Eastern Conference kind of was playing itself out like look at the way these other teams have been going about their business let's let's leave Boston out of it Cleveland all right they've lost a couple of games here but they were playing really really well but that's a team going into the playoffs that we've already seen from a Knicks standpoint you don't fear you know that you can match up with them Milwaukee now they did all they could to almost blow a big lead last night in Minnesota but they found a way to hang on but there's something missing with this Bucks team. 
Doc Rivers in the center of it here since he took over. They still haven't figured this thing out. It's one of those teams that despite the talent, and you got two of the best players in the league right now, two of the best players of all time, it's just not working for the Milwaukee Bucks. And that's a team easily that you could see have an early exit from the playoffs once again. You know, Philadelphia minus Embiid. Who knows when he's coming back? If he's coming back. And in what shape he's going to be in. You know, Philadelphia is one of these teams. You know, Joel Embiid's never been to a conference finals for crying out loud. Right? So that's a team I don't think you necessarily say is unbeatable come playoff time. Indiana's dangerous, but... As a group, that team has never gone deep into the playoffs before. Miami would be that wild card as far as the clubs that are below you in the standings right now, given what this team just has a tendency to do come playoff time, as we've seen. So other than that, like, who couldn't the Knicks beat? But that was when the Knicks were whole. That's not them now. So where we said, yeah, you could get to a conference finals, you could have a really, really good season. Do you now have to look at it and say, well, maybe conference finals is off the table. But when you tie it into the rest of the conference and with these other teams, and they're also going through their own fair share of drama, maybe the possibility still exists. And that's why a game like tonight, even though it's regular season, it's a good measuring stick game, right? It gives you another sample size. It gives you a little bit more data as to just where this team is and how they're going to stack up against the very best because Boston does not have any excuse tonight. They are a fully loaded machine. No injuries. You are going to get their best. Place is going to be rocking. And if the Knicks get this game, you know what? Maybe the possibilities still are out there for a pretty special run in April and May for this basketball team. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. And before we get back to the calls a second, the goal right now, the way the Eastern Conference kind of stacks up for the Knicks, right? It's to avoid this Boston Celtics team as late as possible come playoff time, which would obviously mean in a perfect world you don't see them until the conference finals. So where they are right now, sitting in that number four spot, you're a game back in the loss column to the Milwaukee Bucks. You want to avoid that number four spot because the way things play themselves out, like with the brackets and everything, you could then, right now, you'd be playing Boston in round number two, which is something that you don't want to have happen. So in order to avoid that type of situation, you got to get into the number two or the number three. I mean, you could also fall back, but you don't want to fall back. I don't think it's completely out of the realm of possibility this team finds himself in the top three because of the struggles and the inconsistencies that some of these other clubs are dealing with. So that is the goal. Number two, number three, avoid the Celtics. Because let's be real, there's no way the Celtics are falling out of that number one spot. There's, there, there's no way. Nobody is touching them. 800 919 
One of the more passionate Nick fans, of course, that we know, is our good buddy Omar in Brooklyn, and he's up next here on 9870 ESPN. Hey, Hello, Omar. How, How are, are you? you? How are you? First thing first, the after the NFL Super Bowl is over, every show when the Knicks are relevant should be started in New York City with New York Knicks. Even it's a trade-in, even it's a buyout package, or if uh, we sign Jeffries, that should be the beginning of the show because this is the team that runs New York City because there is no other team. Everybody else has a secondary team. New York Knicks basketball does not have a secondary team, and I'm not making a joke out of Knicks. So basically what you're saying is that it's, it, the Knicks are the only basketball team really in New York is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah and, you, and there is no disagreement on that. Even the Nets friend agrees with that. They, they are talking about they should move the Brooklyn Nets. It's not it, – the, the package has not worked. They, they put uh, Moving a back lot to of Jersey. Money. Moving back yeah. to Jersey. Yeah, no, the, uh, no. When you leave one, uh, when you leave one of your girlfriend, you're not going back. You go for another place. You're not going back. Wow. So look at this. Omar, how about this? Omar comes on this morning, spitting some fire. He's sitting here saying, "Here's how you should do a show," and then a little bit of dating advice from Omar. You get everything on this show this morning. Okay. Now, now we come to a huge game. Uh, I uh, talked to. Uh, Michael K. on Thursday that yeah. these two games for me is very, very important for the relevant because uh, uh, it, it's still uh, in my uh, shortage from last year. I thought we were better than Miami Heat, but uh, uh, their head coach was better than our head coach. And that leads to our uh, losing that series. We were a better team than Miami Heat. We should have won that series if we have a head coach like uh, I, I, I do listen. I love Thibodeau. I, it's, he's a passionate, hard lows defensive player. But everybody into the, the, this world on all the job market that we make it, even in the sports market, everybody has their pluses and minuses. He's a minus. Look, all the injuries that is. That is the uh, people that does not like Thibodeau. They want to bring it in. Why these are injuries are happening? Because he put them into the gutter, use them extra eight men rotation for the whole season. This, today's generation is not used to it, and we get injured. Uh, it started with yeah, Derek but, Rose. But, but, from but, but, but Omar, Omar, let me ask you a question, though. OG yes. Ananobi, unfortunately, all his years in Toronto, he's he was always injured. So why is that fair to blame Tibbs that he got hurt again? I'm, I really blame. I didn't blame this. Any injury that has happened in this, except you can say that he plays Brunson for. You know, Mitchell uh, Mitchell Robinson is always hurt too. Mitchell Robinson's yeah, always Mitchell, hurt. Yeah, yeah. The, the, today, these three injuries: uh, Julius Randle, Mitch Robinson, and uh, uh, Ananobi has nothing to do with Thibodeau. No, people can people can rip off uh, Thibodeau. I I defend Thibodeau. I think when you play harder, you are a better nose off for a, a playoff run because you are hard nosed and you are ready to go. I believe in uh, Thibodeau's philosophy, but today's generation and uh, analytic doesn't believe in it. So I want to make a, a, a neutral ground into it that maybe it works with Thibodeau. So I want uh, in a defensive scheme when you are down, the player that I give example of Robinson that uh, 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 Miami Heat coach did not play in the regular season. He benched him. Even they pay him 18 or $19 million. But when comes the playoff time, he gave him the minutes and he give, he win him the game because he can shoot. 
but he can he's a terrible defensive player too like Evan Fournier right he was a terrible defensive player but he let him uh, use because he's paying him and he used him and he makes big time shots and he they went to the NBA finals i was begging for it I was begging, give me right. five ten minutes of Evan Fournier for five ten minutes, uh, so he can. Omar, we're the, we're in the, we're the same boat there. You know that because we talked about that last year. And I, and I thank you for the phone call. He, here's the thing with Tibbs, okay? And, and look, I know that some people love him. Some people maybe aren't exactly thrilled with Tibbs. I, I, I get it. Comes with the territory. Now, when you're winning, everybody loves you, especially in this city. That's how it works. Everybody's a front runner. Coach can't do no wrong when you're winning nine straight games. And we know right now they're not playing with a full deck, anything close to it. Here's the thing that I'm curious to see when the Knicks finally get healthier. I say healthier because I don't know if they're ever going to be 100% healthy. We have no idea. Tibbs is a guy who, if there is one criticism, right, even going back the last couple of years, is that he doesn't exactly have a deep rotation. He doesn't ever like to play Nine guys, ten guys. Forget about ten. I mean, he might not even play nine guys consistently, right, in a perfect world. He likes to tighten up that rotation. So now you have a team that at least we're led to believe when they were supposed to be healthy, you've got options. The trade with the Toronto Raptors, the trade they made with Detroit to bring in Bogdanovich and to bring in Alec Burks. And by the way, thank God they made that move. Once everybody started dropping like flies, imagine if they didn't have those two. So now when you have this full complement of guys that you have faith in, like I want to see these guys out there. They can play. They can help you win games. Is he going to lengthen his bench a little bit to be able to get contributions from all these guys? I think you're going to have to, especially because the players that you are welcoming back, that you hope you're welcoming back, think about how much time they missed. And they're probably not going to be 100%. So you really want to tax them? Otherwise, what did you go out and bring in all these depth pieces for? You might as well put them to good use. The one thing you get robbed of as a fan, as a fan of the Knicks, is that you have this roster that you felt good about. It was one that the city really got behind. They laid it all out there on the court. They played hard-nosed, and now it's fractured. And you don't know when you're ever going to see this finished product, if you're going to see it at all before the season ends.